Welcome to Doctors of Tomorrow 56 podcast, a medical podcast for anyone ranging from middle school students to attending physicians, and for anyone interested in learning more about the medical field from all around the world. Welcome to this very exciting episode today. We have an Eastern European medical student that recently graduated. So without further ado, we introduce a young doctor's journey. Are you aiming this towards um, medical students or people like pre-med students? Yeah, pre-meds. Pre-med? Yeah. Okay. Well, what I was more more like intending to was um, like maybe the difference between European schools versus American schools, maybe the application process and all of that in case some of our listeners are interested in going like someplace else besides the U.S., Okay. Are you based in the U.S.? Yes. What inspired you to pursue medicine? I was studying engineering at the time, and I was invited to partake in a observership at a hospital. So for six weeks, we were shadowing surgeons. I was probably 20 at the time, and I hadn't really thought of going to med school before then. But as we spent the six weeks shadowing the surgeons, I kind of fell in love with the entire hospital setting. So I spent most of the six weeks, um, one week with each surgeon. So I was on the burn unit for a week. I was um, in like GI surgery for a week. But during each rotation, I kept talking to residents, talking to doctors, and I could just see how much they enjoyed their job. The more I thought about it at the time, the more I thought that this seems like a really fulfilling life to lead. And I didn't really see myself doing engineering. So that kind of helped propel me in the direction of applying to med school. But it was a decision that took about two years after that rotation to make to really solidify in my mind. Well, that's I'm very happy that you found what you want to do, to be honest. Me too. It was only (laughs) really in medical school that I realized what it was like to be passionate about what you're studying. So it was it was really cool. Could you maybe tell us where you went for undergrad and what your major was? I mean, you said engineering and everything, but your undergrad. Um, like, where'd you go, like, the college and everything? I went to New Jersey Institute of Tech, mm. and I studied biomedical engineering. Whoa. I saw myself, when I applied to uh, college, I saw myself working on prosthetics, like cool. doing the research and development mm. of uh, prosthetic limbs, because the the technology was really behind so at the time, and even now, uh, there are these really cool robotic arms, but that's not everyday that those aren't the prosthetics that the average person is going to get. So that's what I wanted to work on. That's really cool, to be honest, to hear the technology and, and all of that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I wasn't very mm-hmm. good at it. So like, <laughs> I wasn't that great at math, um, which I knew going into it. I just figured I could learn it. Yeah. Turns out it takes a lot more than just <laughs> willpower yeah. to learn math. But I did enjoy it. But I realized that this isn't something that I can see myself working in. Mm, okay. Mm, so what medical school are you currently attending? I'm studying in Budapest, uh, Hungary at Semmelweis University. Oh, cool. Could you maybe elaborate on how it's like going to a European medical school? Okay. So uh, that is a really tough question to <laughs> answer when you know nothing about medical school in the US, but I'm basing it off based uh, mostly what I've seen, you know, on Instagram, and Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of YouTubers. So I can kind of compare it based on that. Mm -hmm. For starters, uh, the curriculum here is six years, 
versus the four years in the U.S. Really? And the reason for that is because most medical students start right after high school. Oh. So in those six years, you have the first like two or three years are sort of the preclinical basic science classes. You do uh, biochemistry and physics and anatomy, physiology, histology, so all of these things. And then in the third, fourth, and fifth years, I mean, in the fourth, fifth, and sixth years, you get much more clinical. So I think for many American medical students, they don't, I mean, American pre-med students, they don't really know that that's even an option. Yeah. Like Um, I didn't know. Yeah, it was, honestly, I sometimes wonder what would have been different if I'd known at 17 or 18 that I want to go into med school and then gone down this six-year path instead. So I've got classmates who are like 23, 24 graduating as doctors in a few weeks, and it's it's mind-blowing. Yeah. I have a few classmates who came from the U.S. right mm-hmm. after high school. I don't even know how they found out about <laughs> the school because it's not like they go to, you know, career fairs yeah. in high school or college fairs. Um and it was really interesting. Like, it's a huge, huge decision to make to fly across the Atlantic and start medical school in a foreign country. So hats off to them. But they did it. Yeah. To you, too, because, I mean, you're there. Well, I guess that's important to mention. For me, it's a little bit easier because mm. I am Hungarian. Oh. I was born here when, well, when I was born. And then <laughs> when I was eight, I moved to the U.S. with my family and I grew up there. Really? Yeah. So for me, this was a little bit like coming home. I mean, the world here is very foreign. I'd never lived in the city and I hadn't really been in Hungary a lot as an adult. But I do speak the language, which helps a lot. Would you say maybe that's why you decided to go to a medical school in Europe, basically, instead of the U.S. and everything? Absolutely. I mean, that's Mm. one of the big, big reasons I still have family here. But if I'm being completely honest with myself, my grades in college weren't spectacular. Like I wasn't, you know, a straight A student. I struggled a little little bit with engineering. And so when I spoke to the pre-med advisor as a junior, he recommended, or he told me that I probably wouldn't get into any MD schools. He recommended that I check out DO schools and the Caribbean. And then at that point, I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to go, you know, the non- traditional route if i would go to the caribbean i might as well go quote home yeah for these six years yeah that's i mean yeah go going home rather than a foreign like an actual foreign place absolutely yeah what made you decide to do the physician career that you're aiming at because i saw that on your instagram that you're on on your way to becoming an emergency medicine physician but what made you decide to do that Mm, It was a decision that kind of formulated in my head gradually over the years, but it was partly because everything that we learned I thought was interesting. So when we had um, ear, nose, throat, ENT, I thought that was really cool. When we had radiology, I thought that was really cool. When we had pulmonology, dermatology, everything was just interesting to me. And I couldn't picture myself settling into one of those specialties and then dealing the rest of my life with those group of diseases. So there was only one thing. Well, actually, there are two things that I could think of that kind of um, encompass a large uh, area of medicine, which would be like family medicine and emergency medicine. And for me, I really like the high acuity of emergency medicine. I like the 
you know, the critical cases, never yeah. knowing who's going to come through the door, that kind of stuff. So that really attracts me. And I like how dynamic it is. Um, it's fast paced, which being as impatient as I am, I need that. <laughs> and so everything just kind of came together. And then last year when we had the pandemic hit the country, they asked for some volunteers in the ER here. So I signed up and I, I fell in love. I mean, it became obvious that this is this was home. I just mm. loved being in the ED. <laughs> well, that's always like heartwarming to hear when you find your passion and everything. Yeah, I really did feel like it. It was a very, <laughs> uh, very cliche feeling, but, but it is. Yeah. Could you, um, I mean, yeah. I know you just said that you fell in love with um, finding it and all the other aspects, like your clinical rotations and everything. But could you maybe say, elaborate on something else that made me interested in you during medical school? Uh, besides emergency medicine? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Let me think. Mm -hmm. So full disclosure, I went into med school thinking I'd be a surgeon because of that <laughs> observership in college. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Like surgery, oops, surgery really was the specialty where you see a problem and you fix it and you get like instant gratification because you see the problem and it's fixed and the patient hopefully is doing very well. Plus, it's a very manual job, which, you know, it's it's great because you get your hands dirty and you're there, you're actually curing the patient, it felt like. So going into med school, I did think that I would be going in the surgery route. But the more time I spent in surgery, I realized that it's not really for me. Could you maybe elaborate why? Um, well, <laughs> truthfully. <laughs> I hope no surgeons or to be surgeons are listening. Um, truthfully, it felt a little boring. Uh, a lot of it was waiting around, like waiting for the patient to be prepped, waiting for anesthesio anesthesiology to hit, uh, waiting on lab results or waiting on like a negative COVID test for you to be able to operate. It was just so much waiting and being as impatient as I am, I didn't feel like I could tolerate that. But yeah. also it's a very manually, like physically demanding job. And I don't know if I have like the back strength for it. <laughs> it's a really, really hard job. Yeah. Long hours and everything. Yeah. Long hours. Yeah. yeah. Some of the surgeries, they can take like six, eight. I mean, if you go into neurosurgery, I saw a 12 hour surgery. Whoa. Yeah. Couldn't imagine, to be honest. So how's like your weekly schedule as a med student? Um. So in the first three years, we had mostly classes that were um, like preclinical in the, we had a preclinical building. So most of our classes would be there. And in Hungary, the system is that for each class that you have, you have a lecture block or like a lecture and a practical. So what this meant that when we had uh, biochemistry, we had biochemistry lecture once a week or twice a week, depending. And we had a lab session of biochemistry every week as well. Mm. Same for physics, same for physiology. So everything had like a, a theoretical and a practical component. Um, in the beginning, in the first three years, it very much was like kind of like college. Like you had classes, you know, you had an 8 a.m. lecture from 8 to 9.30. Then you had another lecture from 10 to 11.30. Then you, you know, had a little bit of time for lunch. And then in the afternoon, maybe you had 
biochem lab or physics lab or um, anatomy, histology, whatever lab. So that was the mostly the first three years. In the fourth, fifth, and sixth years, the university kind of switched to a block system, which meant that you would spend, let's say, two weeks going to cardiology. Yeah. The way that it's laid out here in the city is that it's not like in the U.S. actually, which is also really interesting. It's not like you have one building that houses all of the hospital. It's uh, very spread out. So we have like an internal medicine building next to the, I don't know, next to the uh, surgery building, but they're two separate buildings. And then halfway across town, we would have another clinic or like another hospital. So um, you would spend your time going to the cardiology hospital across the river for two weeks. And you would be there from let's say eight to four every day, then you'd go home. And that was like your cardio block. And then you would have a dermatology block for two weeks and you would go to dermatology and you would have lectures and hands-on bedside practices within that same building for those two weeks. Well, that's, yeah, that's very different from my understanding of medical school but super different yeah yeah the really cool thing about it i think is the um is the fact that you're seeing these patients right away and all the time so mm-hmm. it, when you're at dermatology they have some lectures for you but they also take you to the bedside for the majority of the day so you rotate within dermatology they might have like the oncology part so you spend one day there with the teacher or the doctor then you'd go over to like infectious diseases of dermatology for another day or two. So you're always seeing patients and you're seeing a huge variety of cases. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that sounds like I said, different, but to be honest, like personally, I think I would prefer yours to be honest. Yeah, it is. It's very, very different. Um, I'm excited to see what working, what working in the U S is going to be like. Oh, you're planning to come here. I am, yeah. Could may I ask why? Like, um, well, growing up in the U.S., um, I hmm. loved living there, yeah. so it really does feel like a second home or a first <laughs> home, depending on how I yeah. look at it. But one of the main reasons is because I know that in order to work in the U.S. ever in my future, I would have to do a residency, and I would much, much rather do that residency now than when I'm 40, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of like if I ever want to work in the U.S. in the future, I need to have a residency. And I think the U.S. does a phenomenal job training physicians. Like their residency programs are excellent. They're held to really high standards. And I think it would be a great place to train to become an emergency physician. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope you the best in that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So... I mean, how do you find like the balance between school and personal life as a med student? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners might have the uh, misconception, I would say, that if you're a medical student, you won't have time for friends and all that. Maybe all you do is books and studying and everything. But if you could elaborate on how to find the balance, I think our listeners would greatly appreciate that. Um, I have to say that in the first two years, I wasn't very good at that either. Mm. So whenever I wasn't studying, I felt like I should be studying. And now looking back and being the wise old person that I am, (laughs) I realize how foolish that is because there are so many aspects of life that um, 
keep going next to you while you're studying. And for some of these courses, you can study and you can study and you can study and you'll never know everything. But while you're doing that, you're missing birthday parties and you're missing important, like wholesome life experiences. And you kind of get lost in this bubble of uh, despair. So that being said, looking back, I don't think I approached it the right way. And the way that I think of it right now is much, much healthier, which is that I think that if you are good at time management, you can schedule in a lot of other non-med school related things and you can feel relaxed while doing them. So that was one of the big problems in med school was that I would be stressed if I wasn't studying, which meant that none of my breaks were actually relaxing. Yeah. Um, time management is important, I think, no matter what you do. So whether you're studying to be a lawyer or a dentist or whatever, but in medical school, it also comes down to the uh, idea of accepting that you're never going to know it all. You do your best with what you've got, with the time that you've allocated to the subject, and you take your exam and you get through it. You pass the exam because you've studied a lot, but you also haven't killed yourself by studying, you know, 24-7. Yeah. Another important thing that I learned in college was how important sleep is. So when I was in college, I was 18 to 22. I was young and <laughs> reckless, and I would sleep four hours a night and then go to my 8.30 lecture in the morning, and I was fine. But now, <laughs> there's no way I could do that. So for, um, for my sanity, I really prioritize sleep. I would get seven to eight hours of sleep almost every night throughout med school, and I think that really helped keep me on track and focused and um, it allowed me to use the time that I was studying to actually get the material into my brain. So it was always more good, quote, good studying. Whereas if I had been really, really tired or exhausted from not sleeping enough, then no matter how much I study, it's not going to be focused. Yeah. And health-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now, um, now if an opportunity presents itself to do something, I take it because I know that if I don't take it, I will regret it. During my step one study, because I had to take the uh, same USMLE exams that the American med students are taking. Mm -hmm. During the step one studying, there was an opportunity to go to Ukraine on like a health healthcare screening trip. And I remember I was so stressed at that time. I remember getting the email from you know the university saying that this opportunity presented itself and i remember crying that i couldn't go because i so 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 wanted to go but i couldn't allow myself those five days off from studying for step one and i remember crying like actual tears rolling down my face as i told my sister and she's like are you stupid you should go like you obviously you're not stable right now first of all (laughs) but if you don't go you're going to regret it and none of those five days of studying are going to be good anyway So that really gave perspective on the situation. And I went and it was amazing. (laughs) Well, sounds like you have an awesome sister, to be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, she's the logic one. There is no (laughs) logic in my brain. (laughs) Um, So what advice could you give to some of our listeners because they're high school students or college students to prepare for medical school before going to it? Like any study habits that they should get any anything like that 
That's a great question. Um, a lot of people will tell you if you get accepted into med school not to bother studying for it the summer before. And I would say I have to agree. <laughs> um, as for study habits, it's always good to get um, on top of what you're doing or to get really, really good at studying. Like that won't hurt. But chances are that when you get into medical school, you're going to be overwhelmed no matter what. The amount of material, but also the uh, the way that it's presented, I think, is completely different than at, at least the way that I was taught in college. In college, I would have practice questions and I would have to do like problem sets and presentations constantly and essays for my humanities classes. None of that here in med school. Mm. Um, so my recommendation to anyone applying to medical school is to use your time now wisely and to spend it with things that you enjoy, but also things that will make you a better physician better person. Um, for the listeners out there who are in college, I would say join extracurriculars and do things that interest you, even if they're not fully medically relevant, because, because it's not all about medicine. Um, and also, it can help you in the future. So as an example, in med school, I mean, in college, I was in Engineers Without Borders. And I actually flew to Haiti, on one of the uh, project trips, which was super cool. And a few months ago, I met a doctor who does work in Haiti as a, like as a medical doctor. And so we were able to connect about that. And I could tell him, hey, I've been to Haiti, phenomenal country. I'd love to work with you. And he was like, oh, wow, you've been to Haiti? Super cool. So um, it doesn't always have to be 100% about medicine. Do things that interest you, that you enjoy, read lots of books, become a more wholesome person and um, time management, <laughs> practice yeah. your time management and try to get, oh, okay, last one. Try to get a good exercise um, routine going. Hmm. Just get into the habit of working out. Before I came to med school, I never exercised. So I had to learn here in a foreign country for the first time in my life, how to regularly work out. And it was, it was hard, it was really hard. So if you could, kind of get your life together, get into a good routine, read books, do things you enjoy. I think you will be much better off. Yeah, that's solid advice. So like during med school and everything, what do you personally do to de-stress? I know you said to work out and everything, but anything else maybe? Because I'm sure that med school is very stressful because of the tests and everything, bunch of hours studying. But what else maybe could you do? Um, so for me, this mm -hmm. running this Instagram is kind <laughs> of a coping mechanism and yeah. it's been great. So it's like having a hobby that's kind of artistic, mm -hmm. not quite, but a little bit, you know, more creative than the typical STEM subjects. That's been a really great stress reliever and outlet. On top of that, um, I spend time with my boyfriends and almost every night without fail, except right before an exam. But in most nights we spend at least 45 minutes to an hour at the end of the night together, watching a movie or sometimes reading books or he reads and I scroll my phone, but <laughs> those are the more stressed <laughs> days. Um, but just trying to schedule in things for 
yourself with your loved ones. And for me, that would be my boyfriend watching TV shows, sitcoms at night is really great. And then in the long run, I do like to travel. And looking back, I really wish that we'd made more of an effort to travel here in the surrounding countries. That's one of the great things about Europe is how close everything is. So I wish we'd taken like a long weekend. But even as it is, um, the few trips that we did take, they were really nice, really relaxing, very cool to just get out of the world where you are and go completely foreign, even for a few days. So, yeah. Okay. So like you said, basically try to be as normal as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, normal. TV shows, <laughs> um, walks, Yeah. yeah, meeting friends, the usual. So last question, but what is more what something I'm curious about, but would you say that it is more maybe financially um, like a better option to maybe go to an outside school besides the U.S. or would you say it's relatively the same? Great question. This was one of the deciding mm -hmm. factors, of course, for me. Um, so my understanding is that medical school in the U.S. is about like $50,000 a year, yeah. if not more. It depends. I've seen some that are 80,000. Mm -hmm. So uh, my school, it's 10,000 a semester. Really? Mm -hmm. For 12 semesters. So it comes out to be, to be about, I think, 110 or 12, uh, 110 or $20,000. It's a little bit less than 10,000. It's like 9,800. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a little bit more than $100,000, which is a lot cheaper. Yeah, but, a lot. Yeah, but then you have to factor in two important things. One for me is flying back and forth. I mean, okay. that's not the end of the world, but <laughs> I do spend a lot of money on flights. Um, but then the other thing that I think could affect a lot of people's decision is that my university right now doesn't qualify for federal loans from the states. So if you're going to medical school and you're hoping to use FAFSA, it wouldn't cover my school. So you'd have to take a private loan, which is much worse. There yeah. are other medical schools in Hungary that do, um, that do have FAFSA abilities or capabilities, but mine doesn't. So my parents helped me entirely. They paid for it out of pocket. I was very, very lucky in that sense. Um, and... I hope that I will be able to match in the US and I will be able to pay them some of this money back. The biggest issue with going to a foreign medical school, I think it's, it's been wonderful. So it allowed me to see a different part of the world. I've been able to travel a little, little bit, you know, live in a gorgeous city. I don't know if you've ever been to Budapest, but it's beautiful. <laughs> I've had amazing experiences with different cases we've seen and teachers we've seen or we, teachers we've had so it's been really really great but yeah. one of the major challenges is getting accepted into residency in the U.S. so depending on what specialty you're interested in there's uh like there's data which shows how likely they are to accept an international medical graduate and depending on the specialty they won't even consider most likely international medical graduates so if you are one of those people who wants to go into like orthopedic surgery and you're considering going abroad, then that might be something to consider. 
for me as a American studying abroad, applying into emergency medicine, my chances are a bit higher, but it's still, actually they're a lot higher than orthopedic surgery because that's quite competitive, <laughs> but um, they're still very, very challenging. So if this was something that I had to take out a loan to do, then I would be a little bit worried about not matching and not being able to pay back that loan in a timely manner. However, that's also a concern for some American medical graduates, which I think is awful. Yeah. I don't know how much, I don't know how much you know about the residency application, but everyone thinks applying to med school is the hardest part, but phew. <laughs> really? So it's, you would say that it's harder for residency than medical school. Okay. Well, um, I didn't apply to America. I know America yeah. is very, very competitive, <laughs> but I still think residency applications are quite challenging. And the issue is that at that point, you've got the weight of the loans kind of hanging over your head, which I think is extra, extra amount of stress. However, people do match. So you can get into med school, you can get into residency, you can pursue your dream specialty, you can do it. It just it takes a lot of work. Okay, well, thank you very much for very informative and very, very interesting conversation. Thank you for your time during this pandemic and everything. Thank you for having me. I hope I was able to answer your questions. You did. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.